We meet today in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1 to verse 31. As we have seen, the young man is in college now, and wisdom, which is Christ, is the teacher. Wisdom had to go out on the highways and the byways to get her pupils. But she has a class now, and she is teaching by Proverbs. That's what we have in Proverbs 11. The literal form of these Proverbs is mostly couplets. The two clauses of the couplets are generally related to each other by what has been termed parallelism, according to Hebrew poetry. Repeating or contrasting a thought attains Hebrew poetry. There are three types of parallelism. Synonymous parallelism that restates the thought of the first clause. Antithetic parallelism which gives contrasting truth and synthetic parallelism in which the second clause develops the thought of the first. This chapter will actually give the young men some good advice about business. The Bible also deals with the moral responsibility one has in the commercial world. Absolute integrity is a delight to the Lord. Though men may be fooled and overlook an inequity, God is present and is aware of every transaction. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 1. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. The Bible also deals with the moral responsibility one has in commercial world. Absolute integrity there is needed. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 11 verse 2. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. The other besetting sin is pride. Immediately here is this his freshman course. The young man is warned against pride. He's warned about pride. And this proverb contrasts pride and humility. Always with pride comes shame. There is a great deal in scripture and especially in this book about pride. The integrity of the upright will guide them. But the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Proverbs 11 verse 3 The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. This simply means that if a person wants to walk in the truth, if that is the desire of his heart, the Spirit of God can be counted upon for guidance and direction. The contrast is... The perverseness of transgressors, that is the treacherous, shall destroy them. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Proverbs 11 verse 4 Those who trust riches certainly have their priorities upside down. There is nothing wrong in wealth, my friend, but we need to recognize that it has limitations. Man will buy almost anything in this world, but it can buy nothing in the world to come. Here is Proverbs 11 verse 5 to verse 9. The righteousness of the blameless will direct his way aright, but the wicked will fall by his own wickedness. 
The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the unfaithful will be caught by their lust. When a wicked man dies, his expectation will perish, and the hope of the unjust perishes. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and it comes to the wicked instead. The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous will be delivered. The righteousness of the blameless will direct his way aright, but the wicked will fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the unfaithful will be caught by their lust. When a wicked man dies, his expectation will perish, and the hope of the unjust perishes. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and it comes to the wicked instead. The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous will be delivered. Now, hypocrite comes from two Greek words meaning to answer back. The hypocrite is one who answers back, and the word was used for actors in Greek plays. When one actor would give the cue to the other actor, he knew it was time for him to say his little piece. It was play acting. To say a man is a hypocrite in religious matters means that he is a phony. He is the man who will say hallelujah, praise the Lord, insincerely. He is just playing a part. He is not praising the Lord in his heart. Whom do you think of in the Bible in this connection? Who indeed be Potiphar's wife and the way she maligned Joseph? She brought false charges against Joseph to cover up her own sin. She was the guilty part, but she covered it over by accusing Joseph. Who would believe the story of a slave against the story of the wife of an official of Pharaoh? There was no need for Joseph to even open his mouth because he didn't even have a chance to defend himself. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices, and when the wicked perish, there is jubilation. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Proverbs 11 verse 10 to 11. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices, and when the wicked perish, there is jubilation. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. You see, I place David and Saul besides these proverbs. When David was king of Israel, Jerusalem became a great city. When King Saul died, there was not much mourning for him. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. Proverbs 11 verse 12 He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. I believe David is an example of this proverb too. Did you ever stop to think of the tremendous effect the life of David had upon Solomon? Even though David had committed sin with Solomon's mother Bathsheba, David's life was a wonderful life except for that blot on it. You remember when David had to flee from the city when Absalom rebelled against him, that Shimei of the family of Saul cursed him, old Joab, David's captain wanted to go over and run a spear through him. David said, no, 
He is speaking out of his heart. This is God's judgment upon me. A man of understanding, you see, holds his peace. There will be times when you will find people are actually cursing you, who are maligning your character. Just keep quiet. The Lord will take care of it, as he took care of this situation, even with David. A tale-bearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. You see, a tale-bearer is one who tells something in order to hurt someone. Sometimes the thing he is saying is true, but he still ought not to say it to others. If he knows that a brother has sinned, he ought to go to him personally and deal with him privately about it. He should not run around and tell everyone else about the sin. Even when information is accurate, one is to avoid tell-bearing. The New Testament clearly defines how to deal with the brother's fault. Reproof is to be done privately, according to Matthew 18, verse 15, Galatians 6, verse 1. It has to be done privately with the individual and then concealed from other people. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You see, only the foolish man depends entirely upon his own judgment. The wise man not only weighs a matter before God, but also invites counsel from those who spiritually and experientially can offer assistance. Regardless of how smart you are, my friend, you need good advice. You will remember that God gave Daniel to be an advisor to Nebuchadnezzar. He helped his king a great deal. Daniel was also an advisor to Cyrus, and he was a great help to him. He who is surety for a stranger will suffer, but one who hates being surety is secure. One who goes Surety for a stranger shall smart for it, my friend, and he will get smart from the experience. He will learn that he made a big mistake. However, there was one who was surety for a stranger. Do you know who that was? Well, listen to the Apostle Paul. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. Second Corinthians 8 verse 9 He assumed your debt of sin and mine. He had to pay the awful penalty, and his experience is described prophetically in Psalm 69 verse 4. Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. They are mighty who would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully. Though I have stolen nothing, I still must restore it. And again he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Isaiah 53 verse 7 
You see, the penalty was exacted, and he became answerable for it. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6 verse 23. And Christ paid it for me. What a wonderful thing that is. A gracious woman retains honor, but ruthless men retain riches. Proverbs 11 verse 16. Now this reminds me of Ruth in the book of Ruth. She was a widow. She was poor. And she was a woman. Yet she was a gracious woman. Therefore she retained her honor. Boaz could say of her, For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Ruth 3 verse 11. The whole town of Bethlehem knew her. Not only did she maintain her honor in relationship with the opposite sex, but in every way she retained her honor. The second part would apply to Boaz. A strong man retains riches. Here is Proverbs 11 verse 17 to verse 21. The merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. The wicked man does deceptive work, but he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. As righteousness leads to life, so he who pursues evil pursues it to his own death. Those who are of a perverse heart are an abomination to the Lord, but the blameless in their ways are his delight. Though they join forces, the wicked will not go unpunished but the posterity of the righteous will be delivered. Again, here is quite a contrast between sin and righteousness. Deceitfulness and lawlessness are going to be judged. There is no escape. And the righteousness which a believer has is the righteousness of Christ. Because we have that, we will not come into judgment, but will pass from death to life as John 5 verse 24 tells us. Now here is a choice proverb. As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. I will read that again. As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. Now, <laughs> The nose ring was a commonly accepted adornment for oriental women, according to Genesis 24 verse 47. Now here, a swine was the most unclean animal, heightening the ludicrous attempt to decorate such a creature. Just as surely as one would rebel against placing a beautiful ornament upon a filthy animal as a pig, so one is repulsed by a beautiful woman who lacks discretion, who lacks taste, the inclination and the ability to analyze the situation and act appropriately. That's what this proverb is talking about. Here is Proverbs 11 verse 23 to verse 25. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more, 
than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. This too is very interesting. The Lord has said that if one sows sparingly, he shall also reap sparingly. That is a general principle. It certainly also applies to giving to the work of God. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. Proverbs 11 verse 26. The phrase withhold grains refers to holding crops back to cause scarcity or hoarding, thereby inflating prices and incurring the wrath of the people. Forgoing high profits for emergency, however, brings the blessings of God, a more lasting reward. This verse reminds me of Joseph in Egypt. He didn't withhold the corn. He gathered it faithfully for seven years, and when he was able to feed the world, including his own father and brothers, he gave it to the people. It also reminds me of Nabal, he who withhold corn. Certainly it applies to him. He was a fool, and that is what his name means. When David and his men were hungry, he called on Nabal for food. Nabal turned him down flat. In fact, he insulted the messenger whom David had sent. Red-headed David went after the man, but on his way, Abigail came to meet him with an offering of peace. This proverb fits Nabal like a glove. He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. Proverbs 11 verse 27. This is another evidence that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Galatians 6 verse 7. He who trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. Proverbs 11 verse 28. When our Lord gave parables, which I believe he drew from real life, he told about a farmer who had a bumper crop and that he decided to tear down his barns and build bigger ones. He could give all his attention to that. There is nothing wrong in building big barns, my friend. But the Lord said that he was a fool because he was so interested in building big barns down here that he didn't think of building anything for eternity. That is the danger of riches. No one can buy his way into heaven. Here is Proverbs 11 verse 29 to verse 31. He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. If the righteous will be recompensed on the earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner. My friend, one who troubles his house in this context refers to a man who does not care for his family in providing the necessities of life, as First Timothy 5.8 tells. Instead of gaining by his Miserliness, he shall eventually see his possessions dissolve into the wind or into nothing. We need to return to the word of God and to living a godly life in the home.
A lot of our family problems would evaporate if we had righteousness in the home. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. The words translated righteous and the wise have corresponding meanings, by the way. The Hebrew verb translated wins may also mean in various contexts, take, acquire, or get. Thus, the meaning of verse 30 then may be that those who are righteous and wise are rewarded with full and enduring life. That's the first consideration. Secondly, the wise will seek the company of the righteous and will be blessed. Thirdly, those who are righteous and wise have or should have a life-giving influence on others. Actually, the last meaning here has application in the New Testament context of evangelism. Even in the Old Testament, the people of God were admonished and expected to be concerned with the spiritual life of others and to impart to those outside the faith words of life. Israel was to be exclusive in that they should maintain purity in a sinful world, but they were not to be exclusive in jealously holding the message of life. They were to adopt God's focus and concern for themselves with the world as a whole. Wisdom, my friend, leads a person to inevitably invest greater amounts of time and energy in the work of God's kingdom, especially in the task of introducing other people to Christ. How are you doing with regard to this important investment, my friend? You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box, 4232 Kempton Park 1620 South Africa Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa PO Box 4232 Kempton Park 1620 South Africa